basically what I want to say with things like that is it's like there's always a way somehow and mm. if you're not dying you're having a great adventure. Willkommen auf der Podcast Route ist das hier. Or said in other words, welcome to the podcast with you today. Hiyo, Emma, Christian, and that's it. And that's it. <laughs> As you already saw, this is a podcast with the best title that we ever made. So I hope you want to find out what is behind <laughs> behind this crazy title and which stories Hiyo will tell us today. So join us on this rather quick overview of all of the things that he's done since they just never stopped coming i mean just one after another he survived in all of them so it was a good adventure i guess it was lots of adventures lots of trees mm. and even more trees and amazing amazing talk about nature yeah i really know him as a uh, someone who's bringing people together so i really admire him for this and connect on this level so yeah beautiful to see him talk about it and all his plans for the future which are equally crazy as his past <laughs> So yeah, enjoy. I hope he inspires you to do something crazy. Hello, Hayao. Hello. Hello. Hey, how are you? Pretty good. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice to be here. Oh, nice to have you. Yeah. So to start, a little <laughs> introduction, yeah? Very simple question. Who are you? Oh, um, I'm a, let's call it a traveler. I think all mm. of us are mm. somehow travelers here right now, mm. or most of the people I'm meeting at the moment. But yeah, I'm from Germany. I'm 30 years old. Um, I've been in New Zealand one and a half, like since end of September last year, I think, yeah. one and a half like years. Like all of us. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm here, luckily, mm. because of the lockdown, people keep asking me if I'm getting stuck, if I'm stuck, yeah. trapped here, and <laughs> I always say, no, it's, it's great and amazing here. So, um, I agree. Yeah, yeah that's, that's why I'm here in New Zealand and on Wahiki, because some of my friends are here and mm. it's a beautiful place. That's why you can. Where were you before Waikiki? Be Just by the way. Before Waikiki? Hmm? Were you in Raglan? I was in Raglan for a while. Like I, I think I got a pretty good overview about New Zealand. Also mm. because mm -hmm. after my work and holiday visa, I was on a visitor visa for six months or something. Mm -hmm. So I basically mm. had the chance to travel and don't worry mm. about working, which was nice. really good. Um, yeah, otherwise about me. Um, I studied forestry. Um, forestry? Yeah. Wow! <laughs> what do you do with that? Um, oh, basically back home, like I first studied in Hamburg, where I'm, I'm born, and studied wood science, which is basically if you're doing carpentry in, in practical, you can study it, which mm. might have been not the smartest way of studying something so practical. Mm. But over that, I got into forestry and um, arborist. Arboristry, mm. like working as an arborist, which is mm. basically climbing trees and cutting them. I mm -hmm. wow. really wow. like that and love that. And also over that, I got in projects working in an adventure park, climbing park, as nice. a raft guide. So I I really like the combination of 
educational and working with people but also working with nature or in nature so mm -hmm. that's basically my two passions so basically nature and hopefully getting people into nature and um, mm. bring them there because I always think that nature is quite a happy place and you mm. can't go wrong with it. Um, very thematically there's a background noise of our flatmate carpenter banging and using all the tools and <laughs> yeah. working with wood so we're on which on is point. great because it's a beautiful day outside so he's yes. using it um, wow yeah no that's basically like group leading and forestry and working with trees are my two passions i guess yeah other than that i i studied for a year in canada which really was Ooh. quite wow. important for me and where i learned a lot I studied a year in Freiburg, which is the southern part of Germany, the furthest away from home. I would say I'm traveling on and off since six years. So I started. Wow, six years! I started quite late, <laughs> quite late with 23. I think most of the Germans are going to travel directly after after school. Um, then I was quite un unusual for me because I directly started to study and studied home. But from then on, I got into traveling and started with the first um, travel, a bike ride down from Vancouver to Mexico, which mm. was really important wow. for me and I learned a lot. With a bike? Yeah. Bicycle? Yeah, like wow. it was like wow. 4,000 kilometers, just cycling <laughs> for three months, yes. camping every day, like basically, I think I spent not more than 10, 10 days in a house, like over the last, mm -hmm. over the three months there. I, yeah, so that was really really cool and then i went to costa rica met up with my dad there stayed in costa rica for months and then traveled south america and after that i came home and yeah people are always saying traveling changed you quite a lot so mm. so was it with me and uh got quite depressed at home and mm. since then i basically <laughs> tried to to always like because home is my family and everything a lot of friends and i worked home until I was 23, so really still connected to home, but mm. it's also Hamburg is quite flat and doesn't have much nature. Mm. So that's why I'm always trying to go to different places and normally after that came, went off and like went to Vietnam for an internship, then came back, studied in Freiburg, studied in Canada, came back, worked in Tyrol and in Austria for, as a raft guide and then came back and then um, went off to New Zealand and that's where we are right now. Yes. Wow. That's a short story, like yeah. <laughs> short story of the life, I guess. Mm. I see also, as I know you, um, as a person who loves adventure, seeing in this bicycle ride especially. Yeah. Like stuff like this really well represents, I feel, your spirit. But before that, before we go into your, all your crazy stories, I'm, I'm just interested in what's your relationship with nature? How do you see it? As human, as you individually, as a race? Do you see our dance? If, um, probably, yeah, I, I think it's always good for healing, but like it's, it's nature is basically Mother Earth, kind of that, so it's really healing and compared to people it, it can't use wrong words, I think. Like I think mm -hmm. people get sometimes with their ego in something and I never got kind of hurt by nature, it's always just a learning, it's like even if there's a storm or something, mm -hmm. I think that's the beauty about nature and it just makes me sometimes sad if we are like destroying it, but I think nature itself can, it's probably the biggest teacher we can have 
I always see it more as a playground and um, really enjoy it to see it as a playground we have to take care of and as a home basically playground and home so if we take care of nature nature takes care of us and yeah that's basically how I see nature not only for me because I'm a human so it's probably in general for if all, all people would see it like me and um, or see it similar it's not that I think I'm, like I'm still buying plastic and things like that but um, mm. if, if everyone would take more care and I think it's just a problem of getting more out and uh, like appreciating it and see it and then and then like if, if we more and would more enjoy it we would also take care more of it or it's basically the idea mm -hmm. how I see it that's mm -hmm. why I try to get out as often as possible beautiful yeah. Yeah, I do know. <laughs> the first time I met you, since then I know it was a guy who is really protecting this one special bay here on Waiheke and trying to take care of nature here, <laughs> trying to people to see how beautiful it is. So I do see that this is really important for you. Yeah, yeah. And Waiheke has luckily, um, like for the listeners, Waiheke is the island next to Auckland. So Auckland is a big, ugly city of New Zealand where <laughs> every city. Where every traveler is landing and when I came first to New Zealand actually my friend recommended me to come to Auckland and leave Auckland the same day. I somehow stayed there for three days. Um don't know why. But yeah, Wahiki is basically just forty minutes away from um Auckland and um so ferry. a lot of yeah, there's a ferry. If you swim it's probably longer, if you sail it's longer. Um, <laughs> if you swim <laughs> With a helicopter, it's probably shorter. Yes. I think it's 12 minutes, yeah. Yeah. Fun fact, there are 42 helicopter pads on Wahiki. I learned that today. I don't know, just mm -hmm. because. Um, so it's shorter with a helicopter, and um, but with a ferry, 40 minutes. And apparently Wahiki has 1 million visitors per year. So all the Aucklanders are basically looking for the nature, but normally just come over here and then zip a vine. And I think that's quite sad because... Zip a vine, yeah. Because Wahiki has so much more to offer than just helicopter over or building a other mm. shitty house here for a million and then leave. So I think Wahiki, like I couldn't imagine to stay on an island. Like it's a super small island. I think it's 70 kilometers long or 90. So quite small. But it's 92 the, square kilometers. No, there. it's 19 meter, not 19 kilometers long. And like 19 just kilometers, the, yeah. On the longest part, mm -hmm. which I think that's the number. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's tiny. Uh, yeah, it's super tiny. So, and I'm normally a completely a mountain person. So I have been here now for two months and still have some adventures left. So that's quite unexpected for me. But mm. yeah, I really like it. And it's mostly because of the community, I think, because mm. there are great people yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah, I think this island is all about community. Mm -hmm. For me, people here, this is this is the best part of living here. Yeah. Just walking on the street, knowing everyone, smiling with everyone. You yeah. know that everyone will support you. It's perfect. And I also think it's kind of a microcosmos of the world, kind of, because there are a <laughs> few really, really rich people. And it's known as a hippie island. I think that was <laughs> it how it first first appeared in the media but then the rich people came over from Auckland yeah, yeah. so it's 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 super interesting of, of seeing this created in a super small space mm -hmm. and it's also like a super small example of New Zealand like it has the mountains it has the sea like it's basically New Zealand is small and you can travel it easy and it has almost everything of the world 
and then Waikiki is even smaller and except mm. of the rough mountains for mountaineering I think it has almost all the parts of New Zealand maybe also mm. nice big rivers are missing but yeah it's mm. a super interesting island so mm. whoever is around New Zealand or ever want to visit Waikiki mm. it's a pretty cool place mm, pretty cool place have you ever seen anything similar to Waikiki in terms of community and mm. I don't know, just the atmosphere it's holding. No, I think Mahiki is super special community-wise. Mm. Mm. And it's, I don't know, it's super hard to explain. And it's it's just how it is. So mm. I guess you have to experience it yourself. I think on festivals, festivals yeah. have yeah. some times this community feeling. Mm -hmm. So Mahiki sometimes feels like a... And there's a lot of going on. So yeah. it, feels, it feels almost like a big festival island but you also have those things of working between like work and and relaxing so it's it's a long 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 festival a two mm -hmm. months long festival right yeah. now for me where you always come into your groups again like in your tent groups or whatever you want to call them and then you're leaving again so yeah that's probably the best i could describe the community here mm. yeah just so. i would say this for everyone who's listening Festivals in New Zealand are usually alcohol-free and super like spiritual, amazing community connection stuff like this. It's not like festivals back home in Europe that I imagine. Oh, yeah, I think it also depends on what kind of festivals you're yeah. interested in, where yeah, you're going. Yeah. But luckily, I've been to like this summer. I've been to quite a lot of festivals, mm. and that's also part of the community here because the people who like this kind of festivals. Let's call them again hippies. However, <laughs> um, they uh, a few of them ended up on Wahiki. Yes. And um, so you know them before and that forms a community as well. And um, yeah, the, the festivals I went on in, or in New Zealand were mostly alcohol free. And it has a special vibe maybe just to put that out here as well. Mm. Um, they are quite um, also cultural with the Maori background, ah, true. Um, which is always really nice, like trying a hangi or um, having Maori, a Maori introduction into the place and the story about the place where you are, for example. And um, yeah, then, then it's nice because it's not about drinking or something, but it's about uh, the experience. And it's normally also a mix of not only dancing and, and um, dancing and partying but also having workshop during the day like most of the festivals have workshops during the day mm -hmm. so there are normally people who um, dance a bit or but other people who are there mostly because of the workshops mm. so that's a pretty cool environment on festivals and mm. then they are normally over after three or five days and here on Wahiki it's just ongoing I guess yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I was feeling like that last year when we came here so often I was feeling, oh my god, it's just a festival. How long have you been here? We did spend half a year before and now we're here for two months already. Okay, yeah. And even I've been here three and a half months alone even before. Okay. Yeah. So, so together always. Yeah. <laughs> years. <laughs> years and years. <laughs> yeah, good place. Good place. Yeah, yeah personally, uh, even though you're not a local or whatever this means, uh, would you want to see more people here? Like, for mm. the sake of each individual or in general you would like to see more people experience this? Or 
It's a is tricky. It? It's always a tricky question of. Mm. I mean, it has space for apparently one million people visiting, but I also only have been here over winter, and it's apparently the quiet time. Yes. And oh it's my still god, it's so busy this winter actually. Yeah, but I think if they always think that there is a quote, nature has or the world has enough for everyone's need, but mm. not enough for everyone's grief, and I think it's the same with Swahili. Like, if people from Auckland coming over and experience Swahili, it or even nature or both it can just help them and if you're not doing something like motorboating but kayaking like it doesn't harm nature i would say so mm. yes yes so it's just the idea of of how you want to experience nature if you need this fun higher more blah 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 factor or mm. if you and that's another problem with the um, harbor project i would like to talk about later or now. So I think it's more about how you experience things and then if, I mean, if 100 people sitting around on the grass, it doesn't harm anything yes. and or anyone. So if everyone takes this rubbish home, it doesn't harm. And um, yeah, a few things I learned in New Zealand, for example, one thing is really important is a tiaki promise. I really like. So it's basically leave no trace, like kind of the typical things, but mm -hmm. I think it's a beautiful promise you're giving if you enter the country mm. and leave it better than before. So if people come over from Auckland and everyone would plant a tree and feel the ground like one million people, all the trees would be planted in within a year. Like it's, it's just a thing of, of how you want to see it. And that's basically, I don't know if it's better than drinking wine, but it's a other way of doing it. It's basically, mm. Again, this festival seeing way if you're coming over for something somewhere to party in nature and drinking wine, or if you're saying, "Well, I want to leave this place better for for my kids or my children and the next generation," and then you basically plant a tree. I think planting trees. I'm a forester, so it's basically the easiest, <laughs> easiest and simplest and smartest way of taking care about the future. Like mm -hmm. I think Albert Einstein said that or something. I've, I felt super welcome on the island from the first point and then there are other people coming over. I don't want to take the alcohol example again, but just going somewhere, having a drink in a local or a restaurant, what they could do in Auckland or anywhere else as well, and then leaving again. And it's not, it's not really experience another place or seeing yes. something. Mm. So I always think, well, you're coming, or I came over to New Zealand for the nature and I came over to Wahiki for for the nature and the community and I think that's basically the the first idea of traveling like experience mm. something and sometimes get quite sad with people just well let's go over there and take a picture and sit on the smartphone and watch a movie and you can do that everywhere like you can basically do that at home and if you mm. if you're not open for new people and coming somewhere with the same people and then doing the same stuff it's in my eyes, not really traveling. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I always saw this that living on Waikiki, it's much different than visiting Waikiki. Yeah. Waikiki is such a tourist place yeah. and it's made for rich people, kind of. Yeah. Tourists. Yeah, and I think. So the reason for rich people, kind of, yeah. So yeah. you experience a different thing, completely yeah. different. Yeah. And I think the, lo like the, the older locals are more open to, to like, they are super welcoming to backpackers. It's, mm. it's really nice. Like, they want to share their. Yeah, they're so sweet. Everyone is so sweet. <laughs> Their knowledge and everything. 
for example, when I first came, I ended up um, just because I don't know how I ended up there, but um, um, at Botiki Bay, they were looking for kayak activists, and I thought, well, kayaking in a bay sounds good. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, ended up there and camped there, and it was with um, some, I hope I pronounced it right, Nangapawa, the Maori tribe. Anyways, learned a, a bit about their culture and they doing the, like every morning they doing a sing sang, like doing a morning greeting and I forgot the name. Um, and that's beautiful. And then you're starting the day and um, and at the Putiki Bay, like children are playing around in the sand and um, other people coming by and then you're going kayaking. And um, guess what I was there? during day 60 to 70 and experience a camp and it was quite 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 without a lot of pro like not not the face of protest it is in right now where it's quite violent and people are angry at each other so that's why i'm not there anymore because um i was mostly there because i enjoyed the place and the people there mm. and now it's a little bit of yeah people against each other and also in it like the protest camps Itself. like I stayed there for around 10 days, two weeks. Like there are different people, like there are young people who care about the environment and the Nangi power. The Maori people who who's have like, are still in this historical process of st their land got stolen and um, sounds a little bit like it's a sad, it's a sad, 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 uh, sad story in history, but um, yeah, but also I sometimes didn't feel like welcome of being part of the protest because I'm not a Maori, but I mm. still can care about something beautiful, I think. Yeah, so what so I was talking, just oh, to explain yeah. so people know what you're talking about. Here on Waikiki, there's one bay that they are transforming into the marine. And for months the protests are going on because Maori people want to protect their land. And yes, Hayao is describing his experience about it. Mm. And like before they plan plant a harbor something else, a Matia Tea. Um, now they went to Putiki Bay and apparently like they built a pretty big harbor project for a couple of rich boats. Um, and like it's now a, a beautiful little bay with some sailboats. And I personally think like if you want to have a big super yacht, you can stay in Auckland and come over. Like it makes no sense for me to come over and having a big house here and then another big boat and you probably can like for the prices where you can leave the boat there you can mm -hmm. helicopter over to Auckland and take the boat from there like mm -hmm. so that's a controversial part on Wahiki I think that that it gets more and more like the rest of it, the world basically used for for capitalism of of people and yeah that's that's it and it would be nice like if people just could take the time to experience a bay and basically sitting there for a day. I mean, if you build a project for, I think it's ongoing for almost five years now, like mm -hmm. this all the process before, you should be able to at least just spend a day or two or three experience a bay and talking to the people. And it's just a dilemma of, of this time that it's now like, I think the person who is doing the project never even showed up there or is, is into an, a conversation instead 
there are sometimes hundreds of police officers to mm. remove like four protesters. And it, I always think it could be easier and people should be smarter than we are. Yeah, that's basically the Potiki Bay experience. Mm. But I would recommend everyone to maybe just go there for a day and like zoom a little bit out of the of the dispute between the people, but just seeing the bay and enjoying the bay. Mm-hmm. Because it's a, still a beautiful bay. And I just remembered one thing that you said before about if everybody would come over here, million people, and plant a tree. Yeah. Well, you know that people in New Zealand, when you get a residency, you have a ceremony and you plant a tree. Really? Yeah. Didn't know about that. It's beautiful. Huh? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe it would be if you're just coming over. It would be super cool if if every traveler <laughs> yeah. imagine oh, that. Imagine. But. Just plant a tree like this. If you put your hands in the soil of a country, mm. it's 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 just a beautiful metaphor. Like, I guess of planting a tree and mm. at some point coming back and saying, "Well, mm. I planted this mm. tree." Um. Yeah, and I think if we would do that, like every traveler in every country, just planting a tree and and also for the or two emissions, like I think a few people paying this or two emissions, uh, CO2 emissions for flights. Mm. But if we would act ourselves instead of bringing it always to other organizations, it would be actually somehow get more in our head. Yeah, maybe Vahiki could be a cool example for for that. Every time a ferry is arriving, you give him a tree and giving him a, play, a, a place. There's not where... enough place to plant the trees. Oh, there, are, there is. Like, mm, I went to a few tree plantings now, and mm. actually, there is even a trust, WRT, who is paying people to plant trees. To I, mean, plant trees. Yeah, yeah. I mean, would be would be an option. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. True, just, true. just to put an idea out there into the world. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mahiki is a super nice example for quite a few projects and it's easy because it's a small island like it wants to be the first pest-free urban island like with people living on it until 2050 I think the Kai Conscious Coffee is every Friday at one people cooking um, and sharing meals there so there are some cool ideas which could be a great example for the world I think Mm -hmm. Yes, and also all the buses are already electrical. Yeah, for example, that they want to make the ferries ex- electrical, and mm-hmm. I think oh. the world needs kind of this little examples. One little one that I found was uh, when I saw the first time on Mahiki the garbage truck was oh. electric. And nice. Always, this is like such a big thing when it roams through the neighborhood. You know, like dum dum dum, and it was just you know like. Just there, silently going by. Yeah. Nice. Wow, yeah. we're in the future. <laughs> and, and, and compared to other parts of New Zealand, the uh, waste recycling management is quite German, and they're putting quite uh, German. Like, uh, like they sort their waste in in a really really good way. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. And they have, for example, Visca here, which is a recycle shop, and just yeah, I think it's just. Hard to explain all of the different um, examples, but mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like it's just sometimes you have to experience things yourself. Yes. Um, uh, also, what you mentioned, Whisker here, I found this amazing in the whole New Zealand. It's such a culture of yeah. recycled secondhand clothes, things, furniture, whatever you want, and you get everything super cheap 
no stigma, no problem, and you're taking care of the earth. So it's yeah. wow, I I love this. This is one of my favorite things. Yeah, the recycle culture in New Zealand is kind of outstanding, I think. Um, mm. Yeah, just to just to mention it. Look, I wear everything from Whisker at the moment. Nice. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, I have Whis- Whisker the sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so thanks to Whisker, our sponsor here. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. Um, the first time I heard about you, or I saw a picture of you, or whatever it was, was when you did, um, I don't know, organic festival, or how you call it, in Raglan. Which yeah. was just like, presence in the space and seeing how, how things turn up, and doing the same in... Uh, in Mohiki, I think you call it Kioram. Um So yeah, I see you as a person who organizes, who brings people together, who's doing the festival-minded oriented events. So yeah. how do you feel about this? Uh, organizing, what, what do you do, how do you do it? Oh, Why? Um, no, it's um, like the Kiora festival is one of the things I'm, I'm just trying and actually I, I just went to so many festivals this summer that mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I really enjoyed it and there are not many festivals over the winter and also you you try always to see things and maybe try to improve them or however or make your experience and and share it with others basically it's Mm -hmm. not even improving it's just like you want to i think it's one of the human things that you want to share what you know and want to teach others like Mm -hmm. at least Mm -hmm. i feel it like that and festivals are probably the best place to do that like if you're doing it in the right way like not the drinking way but bringing people in a short time together distracted from any phones and things and living in tents and then you can just share your knowledge like Mm. if you have the um, materials and everything and that's a beautiful way and um, and I sometimes um, I'm sad with festivals because a lot of the thing is like um, partying and people just coming together to celebrating themselves or people while I always like I said I see a lot of potential of people coming together and doing the right thing and somehow going back to the tree planting thing yeah. because yeah maybe it's just my forestry background but um, like if you have all the people there and you would basically not celebrating for 24 hours but take two hours of this time for doing something together and then i think it's beautiful to see a result and and things you have done by hand like it makes people super happy if i'm carpentry something or if i'm right now building my van and even if it's small steps but or planting a tree or um i met a guy here who who built his boat and his house which is incredible like if you're doing things like that and it might take more time um and it's a problem of this century that people don't have time because they're working too hard to earn money and then other people build for them um but i think if we're going a little bit back there and then appreciate what we what we have done and can be proud on things we have mm-hmm. done that that's something probably one of the most beautiful things so yeah it would be nice if you just if you have 400 people on a festival together and you care about the place and people on festival saying that um then it would be nice to just do something sometimes i think that's my feeling right in the moment like i went to a few festivals 
who had the festivals and then after that invited for a tree planting day and it's often quite not tempting for people mm-hmm. or I went to festivals where we met for five days to build things up and helping building things up and then had the festival for three days and then took another four days to take it down mm-hmm. which is not a waste of resources but or waste of human capacity but mm-hmm. I mean I, I volunteered at all the festivals because I wanted to be a part of the festival and sometimes I just think if you organize things better and um, organize things better and people creating the festival then celebrating and then take it down or um, it would be just a even deeper experience for people mm-hmm. so that's the idea with the Kiaora like I want to bring the festivals to already existing communities where basically like in Wahiki you have everything there I, I had one weekend that we did a Flyturns party organized by a friend and then a sound journey the next evening and then what else I don't know but single people say I want to do this I want to do that and they create and then they ask two other people for help and it's there like mm-hmm. like the sound systems are basically somehow like you just need to know the right people so yeah the idea is to bring with a keyword to bring something into into something already existing and there is a drum circle here for example I forgot the drum circle it's a mystery school mm-hmm. but it's already everything is existing and then you can use the spare time where you don't have to build something or create something for for something like tree planting or going for a hike with a friend or and then in the evening you drumming and it's and that's basically the idea of the festival and it's just really cool to like here means hello and also thank you in Maori so it's basically uh, hello to where I'm coming to and then also thank you for um, being here and yeah that's basically the idea of the Kiaora festival to use the existing communities and doing something good for the community and it can be picking up the trash or Mm -hmm. planting a tree like I think every human basically knows what is good for the planet and what's probably not good for the planet and Mm -hmm. uh, what it's good for you and what it's not good for you and it's just kind of a laziness we have. Do you believe that? Do you think that everyone really knows what is good? I think, yeah, normally there are so many documentaries that you should know. Hey, plastic in the ocean, <laughs> not good. Or yeah, but I'm not throwing it in the ocean, you know, that's what yeah, yeah, but, like. yeah. I'm not contributing but, to plastic yeah, in the ocean. I, think, I live in yeah. Freiburg. <laughs> yeah, but I think, like, deep in their heart, it's, oh, yeah. like, if you're a little bit open to what's going on in the world, um, mm. be sure to basically know. And yeah, if you see, like I saw dolphins here on the uh, on Wahiki, and if you just see dolphins and can swim with dolphins, like it's, it's just a memorable experience you can have. Yeah, I like your idea. It's beautiful. Yeah. Also, I don't understand why people are doing festivals to just you know celebrate themselves. This is beautiful. We also need this, I believe, and yeah. to also celebrate Mother Earth together. It's a great idea. Yeah. Mm. So that's a Kiora festival. Another project I I'm I did just this morning I don't know <laughs> uh, on the computer there is um, there was a, from Nikon the camera they put out an ocean grant basically giving $5,000 away for 
doing something in the ocean, educational, environmental, or community-wise, mm-hmm. and also mm-hmm. thought about Mahiki there, and it's a beautiful thing. And the idea is because I think the island has this potential of not just seeing an island from the island, which is beautiful, but the coastlines of the island mm. are incredible. Like um, oh one of the projects I, I personal adventures I am doing and hopefully hopefully finishing, if you want to call it finishing, um, this weekend is to um, stand up paddleboard around Wahiki. Mm-hmm. Basically, if you see the coastline and the, all the beaches around an island from the water perspective, mm. it's incredible. And that's the idea of the like sailboat regatta, frigata, however you want to call it, um, that people getting people together on a sailboat, like different initiatives and different people, because there are a lot of people with a background in conservation here and people who are just taking care of the community and have so much knowledge. But normally we somehow get distracted with work or something else. But on a yeah. sailboat, you cannot go anywhere. Mm. So it mm. would be cool to like get a few sailboats together. And maybe we don't even need the grant. Maybe it's just something like if be- enough people say, well, I want to mm. sail for two or three days and and enjoy it with cool people. Maybe we can even get that together. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, to sail around the island um, and also sail to Auckland. Or start in Auckland, sail around Mahiki, mm. and then say, sail to Great Barrier Island, just because I somehow spoke with um, the Mahiki Bike Shop, which is a really cool bike shop. But they're cool, they're friends, and super nice, and gave me a helmet because I thought it's safer with a helmet. Anyways, they have the idea of cycling on Great Barrier Island, and I thought it's super cool to just do a sailing cycle trip over to mm. uh, Great Barrier Island and cycle there, and doing it completely... Co- logical as an example and also show like if you're starting in Auckland you see this really big mega city Wahiki is an example between and Great Barrier Island is a like it's kind of an island uh, further away from Wahiki I think I don't know how many hours but there is basically no electricity only a few humans are living there yeah it's super pristine with a lot of wildlife and it's basically how Wahiki was probably like 50 50 years, 50 years ago so mm-hmm. it would be nice to show people all this difference and basically showing people, well, that's what we are fighting or what we are trying to, to keep. So, and yeah, that's basically the grant I'm applying for. But I think we actually don't even need a grant for that. It's basically just getting enough sailboats together and mm. and getting time together and the right people together and then sail around Wahiki mm. and enjoy it and stay on beaches and then go to Great Barrier Island and experience great barrier with a bicycle and yeah maybe we cut Auckland out I'm not sure yeah. it's actually not worth it there's but plenty of sail- sailboats to go around them yeah just look out the window and my <laughs> god yeah, everybody has so, a sailboat uh, here so yeah that's another idea and I think it's nice too and mm-hmm. just Beautiful just idea. on the on the uh, on the sailboats like having different workshops and <laughs> playing music in the evening basically mm. another festival idea like here or on sales or whatever you want to call it um Swimming. but but yeah i think you have more time if you're not getting distracted and only have a small space mm. so and then you can focus more on yourself mm. have you done in this ground of festivals and crazy ideas anything else um besides cycling from vancouver to mexico um yeah like maybe some some um, stories about past idea, uh, past adventures. <laughs> um, just, just so 
people can trust me and not thinking it's crazy. So far I survived <laughs> all of the adventures, which is um, sometimes lucky. Um, <laughs> which is sometimes lucky. But also, um, also I worked with quite a little bit in the adventure park at risk assessment and did workshop at risk assessment. So I put a little bit credit onto my adventure plans as well, mm-hmm. even they are normally mm-hmm. sounding really unplanned and um, <laughs> stupid. Sharing adventures is always a little bit like, I try to not put it in a ego way and saying, well, that's what I done. It's more encouragement of, hey, it's cool. And mm. I really enjoyed it. And mm. it's more encouraging people of doing it. Even if it maybe sounds sometimes crazy or adventurous, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I said, the bike ride from Vancouver to Mexico was probably one of my biggest and start adventures. And it was nice. like, it's basically just a step by step. Like I didn't cycle every day, like hundred kilometers. Sometimes I cycled 30 kilometers or stayed yeah, in perfect. a city for, mm-hmm. for uh, a few days and met people. It's just like showing that even a adventure, which sounds long and crazy, maybe now for some mm-hmm. people, like it's, it's something really achievable if, if you want to do it shortly. Mm. and just starting is normally the the hardest part yeah, sure. uh, so I basically never say well you can't do it but I'm always open to say at some point in the adventure oh I have an exit here or I, mm. I, I like I think that's the important thing I think there are nothing like a too crazy adventure and you can put it out there and like I sometimes try to post it on on face uh, on social media just to find the right people okay. and quite often get sometimes really discouraging answers of mm. of saying well you can't do that that's dangerous and mm. do you know what you're doing and it's it's one of the problems of judging before you even trying like mm. and it's really easy on social media so i would yeah, like yeah. to yeah, to say that people are scared of that. scared they because they don't have done it themselves yeah. instead of encouraging yeah, yeah, people. Anyways, um, yeah, so I would always say, well, try things. And then, like, I never had the bad experience of trying mm-hmm. trying something. And then even if I'm saying, well, nope, it's not yeah. going to happen. It's too yeah. crazy. I, I just say, well, I tried it and I put all my, or not even all my effort in it, but always like tried my best and normally the outcome is always always a success i think when i'm playing in nature mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. so um got also some lucky adventure like yeah like a really cool adventure was also running uh, in canada as a sunshine coast line with a friend he was training for uh, ultra marathon and that one got cancelled because of a fire in british mm. columbia and he changed his plans without two days and came to me visiting me in Vancouver. Um, that was after studying in Canada. And then we ran the longest hut, to, hut trail or hut trail. Like in New Zealand, there are a lot of huts in Canada, not. Um, and it was a 180 kilometer trail in five days. So that was a super oh. cool adventure. And the Sunshine Coastline, like the huts are, I think you, um, giving a donation in the end so it's like you don't you don't even need to carry your tent or something you just it's a super accessible beautiful trail if you're ever on the um, west coast of canada and it's one of my favorite trails um i i tried to do the most beautiful ironman which was in the rocky mountains um swimming in lake louise um cycling the um 
the uh, what's the name of the tra uh, the road the the highway through the Rockies anyways from um, from Banff to Jasper, which is 230 kilometers, and then running the Ice Line tra um, trail in Jasper, which is around 42 kilometers, so perfect for an Ironman. So that was basically the idea, and then on the way I noticed that, oh, probably the water is in uh, in a glacier lake. Swimming four kilometers is way too cold, and I I probably get a super cold when I'm doing that. So in the end I subbed it, and didn't swim it, which is not a real Ironman anymore, but it's more about the experience. Mm -hmm. And on the bike ride I got completely because it was a super rainy day. It didn't work out anyways, but I got picked up by a car when I was shivering on the on the roadside oh. and um, got a hot chocolate in, in, in the campground. So I just thought I ended up in the middle of the night in the youth hostel where I slept on the, on the um, floor and then started the next day and couldn't make it to the run I was planned because I was just super sick and um, mm. completely kind of uh, exhausted. So I got a car from a friend there and then because he was running the trail and I drove the car for 10 minutes and then ended up completely fell, falling asleep and just slept for three hours on the side of the road. And basically what I want to say with things like that is it's like there's always a way somehow and mm. if you're not dying, you're having a great adventure. <laughs> um, and that's basically, basically the idea of it. <laughs> Another example for that is probably um, in in Ecuador. Just getting getting started. Um, in Ecuador, there is the um, the Camino del Condor, Camino del Condor, which is a um, a trail up on four thousand meters. And somehow that was when I was really sporty and in a great motivation. And I somehow thought I can I can run a thing sixty kilometer trail in 4000 meter wow. and that one didn't work out at all because I somehow probably started also too late and the hitchhike there took a while but after 30 kilometers it got almost it got a little bit dark and it was raining and I got into a hypothermia again mm. and got really lucky because I like there was a 12 year old Peruvian girl coming on a horse and wow. basically asked me what the hell are you doing here because I was in the middle of nowhere mm. so they brought me in their area where they didn't even have like it was a cow farmer and they didn't have light or anything there but they gave me some soup and then I had to wait for for their dad coming back and they drove me to this town so I had a great adventure about nice. it could have been really really bad yeah. so um sometimes I, I got really lucky but yeah it's the days and the memories you're looking back and which are forming you mm. Mm. in new zealand there are two adventures which i really um, which were kind of outstanding for me um one was um paddling down the clusa river on a um, stand-up paddleboard in winter that was after lockdown um which was probably just because i got so bored during lockdown that I needed an adventure again to mm. feel a little bit alive. Um, so as a Clusa River is the second longest river on New Zealand and it's um, by volume the highest one. And there are 10 great walks on New Zealand and one is the Fanganui River. I like paddling the Fanganui, but if 
someone is a little bit more adventurous and has some kayaking background just because it goes to grade 3 kayaking grade or whitewater grade which is like this grade from 1 till 5 um, just for safety reasons because I worked as a raft guide. Anyways, um, um, so yeah paddling down that river was really really cool because I had the perspective from the river on the landscape and you basically um, I call the journey Ki Uta Kitai, which means from the mountains to the sea, because you're going all the way from Wanaka from the mountains mm. through the Otago Valley oh. down to um, close to the Neden Kaka Point, and end up at the sea. And it's like a 330 kilometer journey on the river, and wow. you're fla floating through all the different parts. In Cromwell, you are in a gold, in an old gold historic gold town, and then you paddling over this um, lake sometimes and then the river like it gets it's really really rough and wild at the beginning and then it gets really um, wide and like it's just streaming really slow through I think Notofago or like beach forest things and yeah that was great mm. and the second one was on uh, Raikiora, Stewart Island um, which is probably like it's the anchor of New Zealand like if you have three like a lot of people think New Zealand are two islands but apparently in the Maori culture it's the three main islands like mm -hmm. um, yeah, the North Island then the South Island I think one of them is a boat I think the South Island and the other in the story anyway Stuart Island is the anchor of the boat like holding all of New Zealand so it's not mm -hmm. floating away mm -hmm. And um, like, it's it's because there are only four hundred people living there, in mm -hmm. one in one town like it's Oban where all the people are living. And you're going over by ferry, and the ferry ride is way rougher normally than any other ferry ride, just yeah. because the sea there is way mm -hmm. more rough. Yeah, and then you're going down, and there is a there is a great walk, the Raikiora walk, which is thirty two kilometers, and the west coast. Northwest Circuit is a 125 kilometer hike through mud, and, um, <laughs> through mud. and yeah, it's it's like there are huts every 18 kilometers, but it's really really isolated. I think the year mm. I did it, like last year, only 300 people did it, mm. and it's wow. a great. I think it's probably the best short-term test if you want to do the TA like at the walk from the top to the bottom of yeah the yeah I think if you ever think about seriously about it it would be really good experience for everyone to start with the Northwest Circuit or the trail on Stewart Island because it shows like also Stewart Island is this microcosmos of New Zealand again because mm. it has all the different landscape and it has the coastlines mm -hmm. and compared to the rest of New Zealand it has quite a f lot of real kiwis like not the fruit and not the people but mm. bird so there are really good chances to see the bird oh mate you saw one yeah i saw two and turned wow. like 10 Amazing. or something <laughs> yeah no and like it was was probably two or three meters from me wow. you know yeah. what i'm thinking you said there is 400 people living on yeah. stewart island altogether 
we were doing the great walk around Lake Waikaremoana and we met four people from Stewart Island. Really? That means we met one percent of all the population of the Stewart Island. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! Yeah. Did they all hike together? Or? Yeah, yeah, for okay. sure, or one group. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but Stewart Island is like a lot of Kiwis haven't been to Stewart Island. Yeah, of course. Um, it's a beautiful island. Like. He has a little small island seem to be a thing mm. in New Zealand, like mm. New Zealand gets too big for you. <laughs> really recommend the small islands. Yeah, and apart from the Great Barrier sailing adventure, like depends how long the visa is getting extended, uh, fingers crossed. Mm. But yeah, I'm probably planning to have a van tour down to Wanaka for skiing. And um, after that, the idea is to hopefully sell the van and get a sailboat instead of that and then sail down the coastline. So if anyone has tips or tricks or want to join for that, I'm always happy to do things with other people together. <laughs> like that's basically always the idea to get the right people together because happiness is only real when shared or if shared. So that's basically one of the like the idea of the podcast why I'm talking so much and I'm normally I think I'm normally quite a quiet person it's basically motivating you and other people for doing things together and getting more often out into nature and plant a tree and plant a tree that's basically the motivation of the podcast why I'm talking here and eating cookies and having a nice time with friends (laughs) what a suffering (laughs) moment like I'm not doing that for fun cool (laughs) I think that's probably the closing words. Yeah, beautiful, right. beautiful yeah. invitation for the end. Yeah. Well, you finish like this, we finish a bit differently. So we have a game no. for you. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> 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 okay, so it's a quick game, super fun. Um, we have questions that are maybe not so short, mm-hmm. but you are to give short answers. Mm-hmm. So a word, or a sound, or a, a sentence. sentence, or yeah. two sentences. Okay. Nice. Yeah, just n- not not the whole story of Ecuador, but yeah. Whatever right. comes. Cool. cool. Okay, first question. What do you think is the greatest skill to have in life? Having no expectations and always open to learn. Mm. Okay, so imagine you have a superpower that you can change one thing in the world overnight. So it can be a belief that people hold or a reality about the state of the planet or the culture in general. What would that one thing that you would change overnight be? Put the pollution and the trash and maybe even the like all the buildings back for 50 years and start again this is incredible because yesterday we had one girl here also in the interview she answered almost the same she said if i could do something i would take all the trash away and all the ceo to this yeah excess like, yeah it's just it's just a taking bomb I think and it would be like I think a lot of people are like that like mm. I always learn for exams or doing study things in the last moment and it's just and I, it took me so much time to learn that it's way more relaxing to do things mm. way earlier and I think as humans we are right now at the point where we say whoa a taking time bomb we might fail or or, or we yeah. might not mm. but let's don't yeah it's really hard to, or really stupid to put things on the last mm. mm-hmm. on the last moment yeah let's not even try to fail yeah <laughs> cool okay next question so do you have any wildest dreams in terms of your adventures like what is one amazing adventure that you want to do in your life 
Oh, probably sailing around the world at some point. And I still want to go to Yukon, like, um, yeah, to the north of Canada, because that looks like only one of the wildest places. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. Cool. Okay, in terms of you were traveling a lot, working a lot of different places and things, so what was the craziest but also the best job you ever had? It's hard to answer because I think you can learn something from each job. But the longest job I worked was in an adventure park in Germany and I worked there almost 10 years. So it was an amazing wow. and great time and really miss and love the people there. Mm. And, mm. and then Avarist is as well a dream job, like all my jobs looking back are kind of dream jobs. But, mm. oh, and amazing. I'm really, I'm really grateful that I get paid for stuff like that. Mm. Mm. That's amazing to hear. Okay. So imagine you meet yourself six years ago or seven years ago before you went traveling. What advice would you give to yourself? Maybe being a little bit more relaxed about the, like I had also quite a few depression phases in my life mm. and they were really hard and if I somehow, but I also learned a lot there. Mm. So somehow tell myself to be more relaxed about the, like the downs. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah, I did quite a lot of things right in the last six years, to be fair. <laughs> to be honest, Amazing. Yeah. I know you're always wearing smiley faces and you're drawing smiley faces everywhere, so I want to know why do you do that? Like, what does this mean to you? Oh, I'm a really bad artist and um, probably smileys are the easiest thing to paint and making happy instantly happy. So I somehow start like I started to take pictures of smileys and the involvement of that is to to draw them myself. So mm. and it became a thing. I don't know why. Like, <laughs> yeah, always I see you with the pants with smileys like now or t-shirt yeah. where you draw a smiley or a backpack yeah. with a smiley. Yeah, no, it's a thing. You know, you normally need. It's a really good starter for a conversation somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Never had a bad conversation about a smiley. So keep it going. Okay, so for the last one, in short, what do you believe in? What's your motivation to wake up? To do anything, basically. Personal improvement, I guess, like, and learning. Mm. I, I, Yeah, you get influenced by podcasts and things like that, but I heard a really beautiful podcast of, I, I forgot her first name, uh, Tompkins from the Tompkins Conservation in Patagonia. Mm-hmm. And she said, like, every day you're waking up to do something good and being a little bit better so it's probably the easiest and best thing of like when I was depressed sometimes you're just hoping the day's going over mm. and it's a total lose of a day so now I'm basically trying to at least enjoy the day but also learn something and might sometimes just a super little thing or sometimes just like you don't even need to notice it but going a step forward and not backward and that can be meeting meeting a new stranger and or friend or meet up with a friend or having a conversation or or building on your van like it can can be everything as long as you're feeling happy in the end of the day it's, it has been a good day mm. and I, I try not to have a, um, like seeing this monetary like also for work because yeah like not seeing it as that as a main point and it's sometimes hard but mm. like normally i try to find jobs where i say well that's what i 
believe it and then that's mm -hmm. what I'm doing oh mm -hmm. that's why I'm doing it and it's not yeah it's not only for money or mm -hmm. something just to improve and learn yeah. and I think yeah like I said we can learn from almost everyone and almost everything and we can learn from failure probably more than from success but yeah like we just need to do something and not overthink things and just try things and it's it's pretty simple normally like life is life is simple everyone says that and uh, I guess sometimes it is sometimes it's not great ending life is simple yeah beautiful Oh, Wonderful. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you so yeah. much. Oh, that was, it was great. beautiful. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> really. Nice. Thank you for listening. Have a beautiful day. Yep. Lots of love. Bye bye.